Unfiltered and apologetic un-American, welcome to the Un-American Football Show. I'm your host, Alan, and we have a guest-heavy show as we try and make sense of week four in the NFL. For Team Tough, with everyone's favourite, Scott, we've got Ross. How are we doing, buddy? I am fabulous, mate. Um, I've, I've recovered from a rather dreadful Sunday that I had. Both Manchester United and uh, New Orleans Saints lost within mere like minutes of each other. Um, so it was kind of a dreadful Sunday for myself. Well, I'm sorry about your Saints. I'm not so sorry about Man United, but let, let's gloss over that quite quickly. Um, also joining the show today, we have a returning guest who are making his double doink and doubling up on the San- Saints fandom as well. Uh, it's Elvis. How you doing, mate? Good to have you back so soon. I'm uh, dazed and confused. I've, I've, I've fully hit my stride in the NFL season. I've lost all hope and uh, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, just enjoy, enjoy the chaos that is the NFL apparently these days. So, yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, always good to have you back. And making this debut on the show, someone I've been disagreeing with on Twitter for a couple of weeks now, founder of the Jep Suite website, it's Jack Brentnell. How you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Oh, good. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, unlike the others, I, I was breathing a sigh of relief at the weekend uh, with the rather lucky Packers win. Um, yeah, not a good win, but it's a win, so I'm happy. Yeah, I actually, strangely, was so intrigued it kept me up. Uh, I wouldn't normally be up for overtime on that sort of slate of games unless it was my own team playing, but we'll get more into that in a minute. You always let the cat out of the bag. You're a Packers fan. Tell us a little bit how that happened. Uh, I don't I don't know how I ended up being a Packers fan, really, because um, I ended up getting into the NFL through my dad, who is a Dolphins fan. So maybe I just saw sense and thought, maybe not the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> and then it was just like, yeah, pick a you know the one fan owned team in the NFL let's go with that and it's worked out all right so far can't complain yeah well, definitely I, I can tell you're really leaning into it other people can't tell on the podcast but you've got a green sofa behind you as well so you're really leaning into like the Packers fan well you know you've got a where you can where you can no, I like that I like that um well let's get stuck into the show uh, Ross it's the news that's now the new uh, new segment because I found it in um, Nate's list of buttons on the the recording thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use that as the sound drop for the news. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm catching everyone by surprise. Um, yeah, I was gonna kick off with some injury news, I guess. Um, just hearing some of, some of you guys' thoughts on maybe one of the bigger losses of um, any of these upcoming injuries. Uh, obviously, the big one too is concussion. Um, he's already been ruled out for week five, and he was ruled out on Monday, which seems like an like a massive overcorrection um, in, in some ways and obviously probably more combating the kind of PR storm that's hit up the Miami Dolphins franchise in the last 10 days or so. Um, but he's already been ruled out for week five with a concussion. Obviously, it was a horrific injury or looked really bad on, on Thursday against the Bengals. Um, so that's probably a big loss for the Dolphins. Uh, Daniel Jones has been practicing, but he has a, a, a bad ankle. Um we, I don't expect him to be 100% because he that looked really bad, that high ankle sprain a couple of weeks ago. Um, so he's going to be quite limited, I think, in his, his mobility. Um, obviously, that led to Bailey Zapp taking the field on Sunday, which was thoroughly entertaining, I thought, unless you were Jack, obviously. Oh, we're, 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 mi- we're mixing these up. You're talking about um, Mac Jones. Mac Jones, sorry, yeah. And uh, Javonte Williams out for the season with the ACL. The Broncos um, running back. That's a big loss for the Broncos. Jonathan Taylor and is questionable for Thursday. And 
now out. Now out for Thursday, and Shaq Leonard also out. Probably a big loss for the Colts. Um, Saints, Chargers, they have a list full of injuries, uh, injury concerns. We can rattle through them as well. And then Cordero Patterson is also on the injured list for the Falcons, and that is going to make lots of fantasy owners cry over the next month or so. Um, yeah, Jack, we'll start with you. Any of those injuries um, stand out to you as being particularly, you know, season derailing for any of those teams? I mean, the the two are ones, obviously the one that sticks in the mind. I think that's more just because of the whole shit show that, you know, behind it. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Twitter turn on a coach as quickly. Like Mike McDaniel was everybody's favourite. And I know it's not down to him. Um, or at least wholly down to him. But it was like, everybody was like calling for blood. Like it was just obviously a really bad injury to see. And you just, you know, you just feel for the guy because he was, you know, off to a really good start. I don't think they will be derailed by it necessarily because I think Bridgewater is a pretty good backup. Um, but, but yeah, two are just, yeah, you, you got to feel for him. I wasn't really sure what I was watching. I was half awake with my young daughter watching the game and I didn't really realise until the morning after when I sort of saw some of the shots back, you know, with like his gesturing with his hands and things like that, how absolutely horrific it was. Like it completely passed me by when I was watching it half asleep. Um, yeah, it was quite gruesome. Um, stomach turning, really. Uh, you talked about the Pats then, Ross. Uh Benny Zapp looked all right. Like, not... There was a few throws at the beginning, but I thought he really grew into the game. He might actually not be that much of a drop from Matt Jones. Is that a dangerous thing to say? I know, I know on our Discord, liking Matt Jones is sort of like a, a fetish thing. You, you have to dislike him, if you, apparently, if you're on our Discord. But um, I think he's all right. And Zapp looked more than capable. Yeah, I mean, what I would say to that is that I would imagine the playbook shrunk um, massively with with Zappin at quarterback, um, and the Packers obviously weren't ready to, to to deal with whatever they were going to throw with him. So they probably just went to like Zapp and said like, "What ten fifteen plays do you like?" And let's just go to that um, time after time. I imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, he looked okay, but I think. You'd want Mac Jones back if you're the the, the a Patriot fan, you know. Yeah. Like I don't, I think it's a bit of a flash in the pan and a bit of a stretch to say that Zap um, can can take over that and run that offense uh, as a sixth round rookie. Um, I, I think it'll be a bit of a stretch to assume that um, moving forward. I've definitely seen worse. Um, definitely, definitely. You talked about the Saints as well. Uh, obviously, you're at the game in London this week. We'll talk about that again in a minute. Uh, I'm not sure he's been playing running back now that Latavius Murray's left. We're Kamara's on, still questionable. We're on the Mark Ingram, the Mark Ingram show. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I was going to, I just wanted to say quickly on, on Bailey Zapp as well. I'll jump back over to the Saints, but I don't think you could devise a more treacherous beginning to your career than coming in midway through under Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. So I sincerely <laughs> hope for his development and his emotional well-being that uh, they get this sorted out and Bailey isn't thrust into the limelight too fast. Uh, yeah, because that's I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Um, on the Saints, as far as injuries, I mean, 
It's a tough goal. I, honestly, I was really... I wasn't surprised that Camara didn't play. I don't know if he made the flight. I, I'm not sure. I don't know if you know that, Ross. But I know there was quite a bit of talk at the beginning of the season just due to his legal troubles as to whether or not he was actually going to come over. Um, but yeah, I, the one major takeaway really as far as the injuries were concerned, and I hope, you know, I hope people recognise, the Saints fans especially, that to me this was proof that it's not Jameis Winston's fault. I'm not defending Jameis Winston. But there are so many things wrong with that offense. Jameis Winston is not the be-all, end-all, and the the buck doesn't stop with him. Um, Andy Dalton was definitely an improvement, in my opinion. He created a lot more. Um, Whether that's due to Winston, you know, being hurt or not, we don't know. But right now, I just, I live in fear of, you know, having a six-win season. And, yeah. Well, we've all been there. Chat probably not as recently as the rest of us, but um, <laughs> I'm sure there's one somewhere. Uh, Latavius Murray, with moving over to the Broncos, I think he, there's a chance he may be the first player ever to appear in two London games in the same season. Can't think of any others. That is a great start, actually. You were, you were, you were off, off Mike said that you had a cracker of a start about Latavius Murray, which, you know, there's not many cracking stats about Latavius Murray's career, but Oh, that's a good little nugget you've thrown in there, Alan. To be fair, I know you said that although you're a Saints fan, that you weren't a big Latavius Murray fan. That was pretty scathing. You must really not be a fan, but maybe another time to go into that. Uh, Let's move on to the week in sixty seconds, Ross. It's the week in sixty seconds. Perfect. Uh, So, conscious we only have a limited amount of time for the podcast. We'd love to go in-depth on every single game, but some games absolutely suck, So, and some teams we just don't really like very much. So uh, Ross is going to give us a perfect rundown in just one minute of all the games, and then we'll go into depth the ones that are a bit more interesting and a little bit more to talk about. Uh, are you ready, Ross? Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, I guess. He said a perfect 60-second rundown. I don't know if it'll be perfect, but we'll... we'll... <laughs> um... Week four kicked off with an injury to Dolphins QB to Tagovailoa that potentially cost Miami their undefeated record against the rejuvenated Bengals squad. Moving to Sunday and double doink London Town as a missed field goal as Penn expired handed the Vikings victory over a spiralling Saints team. Red zone drama struck again as seven of their nine early slate games ended in just a one-score deficit. The Bills and Eagles showcased their suitable potential in victories over the Ravens and Jaguars respectively. The Titans, Chargers, Jets and Seahawks all moved to two and two while Super Rush's Cowboys and the Fluffy Giants stay hot on the Eagles' field following comfortable home wins. Moving around now, Atlanta surprised the Browns, while Arizona's second-half third was too much for a direction of Panthers. Mr. Unlimited had gamblers remorse as a house wins big in Vegas for the first time this year, south out to Ryan living his best life in the desert. The Packers barely zapped in McDonald's uh, New England, while the Chiefs were back to their best sales on Sunday Night Football, and uh, Jimmy G's Yo-Yo 49ers had a Monday Night Football victory over the sloppy defending Super Bowl champion LA Rams. Very good. That was so close to 60 seconds as well. Yeah. i got to say, next time, we need to turn the, the sound down because you were a little bit quiet. But, you know, it was good. It was a good little rundown. Let's get into some of these games. Um, well, let's, let's stay in London. Um, Elvis, you were at the game. Your first ever NFL game, right? Uh, yeah, largely through... Um... 
uh, reticence, I suppose. I don't go out of my house for anything, really. I don't know what persuaded me to go this year. But I was like, you know, I, I convinced myself that I would have more fun at a live game than I would do on my couch. And I did. Which, you know, it's yeah. a lot to be said. For anyone, you can ask my wife, getting me out of the house is an absolute nightmare. But I had a whale of a time. Uh, I mean, the whole experience was lovely. The people were really, really cool. A lot of uh, Americans came over. A lot of them. Yeah. Um, and they were all exceptionally friendly. I definitely felt like massively outnumbered as a Saints fan. There were a, okay. like a metric shit ton more Vikings fans, like on the tube and everything. But they were they were lovely. I heard one English fella, a Vikings fan, kind of kick off at the end. I don't know. He was getting a bit shirty with someone, which was, you know, started shouting about, started shouting at someone saying, oh, you know, yeah, well, we're three and one. And you think, yeah, you're not three and one. <laughs> the Vikings are. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I had an amazing time. I really couldn't find any way to fault it. It was it was a it was a fantastic experience. Even went with the missus and she had a she had an absolute blast. <laughs> yeah. Winner. Yeah. Um I I always I've always thought it's a bit of a festival of football, you know, the London games, because you've got fans for all the different teams and yeah, you know, it is a good sort of vibe in that in that sort of respect. Um well, at the game, I, yeah. I, I was surprised by the I was surprised by the Saints. I thought that it was going to be an absolute walkover. They really stuck around for a long time. They probably should have taken it to overtime. I'd say I'd say this, and I, this might be a bit of a bold statement, but the Vikings didn't really win that game so much as the Saints lost it. It was the Saints' penalties. It was the Saints' mistakes. It was the Saints. You know, the, I really do believe that you know, all things considered, the Saints were the better team. They took better. You know, they took better advantage of the opportunities they got. They were creating more. You know, I can talk about some of the penalties like that, that uh, hands to the face penalty with Tyron Matthew. That was. And then you had that pass interference where, you know, uh, I think it was the pass interference where Thielen, you know, definitely had a fistful of face mask as well. Those those calls were extremely questionable. But again, you know, good teams find a way to win even under those circumstances. And the Saints didn't. Um, I'm not, you know, thinking long term, I'm not massively concerned. This kind of reminds me of the 2015 season. And uh, Saints kind of find a way to hang around. Um, You know, they came back pretty quickly after that season. So I'm... the season's not over, but it probably is. It doesn't have to be, but it probably is. They 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 need to really get the discipline sorted out. I think that's the first thing. You know, like Calvin Throckmorton had two false starts against him. Um, I think the first one was on the very first drive, and that was crippling. Um, just a lot of silly penalties. Kind of, we're doing ourselves in. We're not, and and we're losing to you know a Vikings team that let's face it isn't very good. It's not living up to anyone's expectations. A Panthers team. <laughs> I won't talk about the Falcons. Yeah, they, they it, are shit. Yeah, I'll give you that. The, the Vikings, you can have a pass on them. So I think yeah. there's something in the Vikings, and sometimes they turn it on, sometimes they don't. But um, yeah, uh, I'll give I'll give you on the Panthers their dog shit. Yeah, I think yeah, the Vikings are interesting. I think I. I you kind of watch it on telly, but when you see it live, you really see the magnificence that is Kirk Cousins' terror of being hit. <laughs> he just like the pocket breaks down, even fractionally, the ball is gone somewhere. He's not doing it. It's uh, 
far more than any other QB in the league, I think. That guy does not want to get hit, which, you know, yeah. I wouldn't either. I'm not trying to say it's bad, but still. No, I was I was going to say, I think that, that that Vikings offense will always be streaky, and we kind of saw that against the Saints. They, they come out storming with a 75-yard touchdown drive, and then they don't really go on a drive like that until, like, the fourth quarter, I think, where um, Jefferson also rounded that one off with the, the jet sweep for the, the touchdown. Um, yeah, I don't know. I th- I think I I maybe it was just me watching it on the on the telly. Maybe you'll, you'll think differently, mate. When if, if you watch some the highlights of it, I thought the Vikings were the better team. You know, penalties are part of the game, and the Saints gave up ten. You know, if a couple of them were were dubious, that's a sign of bad coaching. Um, you know, the the miscues on special teams. We've, we you know I think we've alluded to before the the fumble on the the punt. Um, the, on the punt return, that's kind of coaching as well. He's uh, Harty fumbled one last week, I think, as well against the Panthers, and he's, he's still in there. You know, you know, maybe you give a guy a mulligan and you could be putting back in there because he's electric, but fumbling him again, you can't you can't really have him back in there again on, on kick returns anymore. So, uh, as streaky as the Vikings are, and as as much as the Saints' defense stepped up on on short field, making the Vikings turn into kind of a field goal offense for throughout most of the middle portion of the game thought the Vikings probably were the better team probably against the... If the Saints' defense wasn't as good in the red zone and didn't step up, I think the Vikings would, probably should have won this by more than they did. Um, and I am a little bit more scared than maybe you are about uh, the potential for like a 5-6 win season for the Saints. I think that might be our ceiling if we if we continue to play like this. There's obviously room for improvement. The defense is good. Um, and, and there might be better days uh, with, with the schedule we have moving forward, but I, I think the Vikings are the better team, and probably, if you're a neutral, you would say it's probably better for the NFL that the Vikings won this because the Saints aren't playing great football at the moment. I mean, I could revise my statement. Let me, let me just add an addendum and say that when I when I said that I felt like the Saints were the better team, the, it's probably not true. But the Vikings don't win that without the Saints screwing themselves over with bad penalties for sure. Like those last two scoring drives, you know, they they were resuscitated by penalties which you know penalties are definitely a part of the game uh you know it's probably a bit of an erroneous statement on my part but yeah like I said without those without those penalties the the Vikings weren't getting off the ground those last two drives um I do I do have some of your fears but you know it's uh I like I said I just I don't I don't believe in uh I don't believe the Saints are capable of staying bad for a very long time. I think they'll they'll turn it around. I think the Saints, you know, they're banged up. I think they'll have some better days. They'll probably have some worse ones as well, but I think they'll definitely have some better days uh, in this season. And, you know, the Vikings, you know, they're, they're currently tied top of the NFC North. I mean, do Jack, you're a Packers fan. Do the Vikings scare you? Or do they only scare you because of the way the Packers are playing? Because the Packers aren't looking all that great. It's a good transition, actually. Let's talk a little bit about Packers New England in this as well. I mean, do, do the Vikings scare me? It's the game I look forward to the least every year just because they always seem to play as close. Um, I love Justin Jefferson as a player. Sure. God, I wish he played anywhere else because mm-hmm. it's horrible because you're simultaneously watching it going, <laughs> he's brilliant. And then you're like, hang on, that's the Packers defense. Um yeah, I mean, I think I think the guys have touched on it already. I think when they're flowing, they're brilliant. Um, but it's a lot like the Packers. And I think we've seen it as a broader issue with that kind of McVeigh coaching tree of 
they start games really well this season and then it just kind of looked hard and nothing seems to come easy. And it was exactly the same with the Packers against the Patriots. It was like, started off and you're going, okay, this is going to be okay. And then it wasn't. And it was just painful. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's, I know that we are in a good spot in terms of wins, but I don't think, I think the three and one record yeah. flatters the, the way we've played, to be honest. And maybe I'm just being a pessimistic Packers fan, but um, it's not, it's not felt like a good three and one. It's felt like a real kind of relief at the end of every game. I get that. Um, there's, I think there's worse three and one teams. Uh, New York Giants is one that probably springs to mind. Um, and there's not all that many three and one teams or, or, or better. So, you know, I, I think you probably are being a little bit hard on yourself. Uh, similarly, as a Cowboys fan, I didn't expect the Cowboys to be three and one at this point. Either it's nice to have someone else in the podcast that supports a team with a positive record. Thank you so much for coming on, Jack. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot been a lot of change in Green Bay, and I think they'll be they'll be all right. I think. I don't want to be playing the Packers. I know Cowboys will be playing the Packers later this season. Um, and I just know that they'll probably pull it out of the bag when when they need to and, and Rodgers will pull it out of the bag. You know, he's a double, he's a back-to-back MVP for a reason. So, yeah, I, I think you'll probably, I think you'll be all right. I hope so. I was going to say very quickly, just you brought up the, the McVay coaching tree in reference to the Vikings. Kirk Cousin is getting the Jared Goff treatment, I swear. You can check this if you Kirk Cousins is running is getting the same sort of plays and the same calls that Jared Goff was towards the end of his time with the the Rams. Thing is, Jared Goff is better than Kirk Cousins. Oh, that uh, might be a hot take. Ross uh, is absolutely offended. I can see the steam coming out of his ears. I'm like, I am a Cousins fan, uh, self confessed. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, I, I don't know. I, I think I just think. Goff is kind of a check down Charlie and, and Cousins has a bit more of an arm and a bit more of a deep shot, but he does have better weapons than, than Goff has had for a little while. Um, I don't know. I was just going to say with the I, Packers, I, it, feels, it feels like Bill Belichick can, you know, he can still scheme up a defense. Uh, right. And the amount of tape he's obviously got on Rodgers over the year, um, and now Rodgers doesn't have as much, you know, as an established weapon as he's had over the years in like Devontae Adams and stuff. I think... Um, Belichick was able to scheme up a defense that was just able to keep them quiet and obviously in the end gave them a chance um, to win the game the Packers obviously made you know hard work of it um, but yeah I think probably some credit has just has to be given to Belichick who can still scheme up a, a really good defense um, on his day Let's have a look at some of these games that are you know some of the favorites I think in the league uh, picked out three games here Bills, they had the win, three-point win over the Ravens, coming back from a 17-point deficit. Uh, the Chiefs blowing away the Buccaneers, and actually a fairly high-scoring high scoring game, considering the Buccaneers haven't really been scoring very highly recently. And the Eagles also with a comeback win. They were 14 zipped down against the Jags. Uh, let's start with the Bills and Ravens. You know, I think this is one of the games of the week that everyone was keeping an eye on. Uh, they... they brought it back. I was, I was pretty impressed by the Bills. I think, obviously, very, very hyped going into the season. Had some good games, one not-so-good game. I'm not sure I necessarily expected them to come back from 17, though. It was a significant resilience from the team. What was the difference for you, Elvis, if, if, if you've seen this one? Um, 
You know what? I did it. This is, I'm going to answer your question by slightly changing it. I the main Good. the major takeaway <laughs> for me here was I'm concerned. I'm very concerned about what the the Ravens the Ravens. Sorry, as someone who likes the Ravens and wants to see them do well, I'm concerned about their seeming inability to keep a lead. This does seem mm-hmm. to be a little bit of a trend. I know it's early, but I don't feel like they should have lost that game. I I definitely I come away feeling good about the Ravens offensively and very very concerned for them defensively. I feel the same about the Bills. We knew that they were dynamite. I feel like they could do this to any team if they get the right mm-hmm. defensive looks. Um, this is what they do, you know. I mean, the Dolphins thing never really changed my perspective on them because that was always so razor close. Um, but yeah, I'm concerned about this trend with the Ravens for sure. Yeah, I was gonna. Just kind of add to that, they came out in the second half, obviously with the or they, they had this, they built that seventeen point lead, and then they came out in the second half and only had four drives. Um, they went punt, punt, and then two Lamar Jackson interceptions. Just couldn't get anything like going at all to make that clock run, um, which just gave that you know high power Bills offense more opportunities to to come back into it. Right, um, you can't really put it on the defense. I would say, although it was a bit kind of farcical towards the end on that um, field goal drive when the Bills were trying to stall the late time and they ended up picking that first down on the two-yard line because it didn't seem like all the Ravens defenders knew what to do with uh, the running back, whether to let him score or tackle him or whatever. Ended up tackling him for the first down, which obviously meant the Bills could just salt the game away and take that last-second yeah. field goal. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of scary because, you know, Lamar Jackson made a couple of mistakes there on that last drive. Um uh, on the, the last couple of drives, let the Bills back into it. And I think, um, quite right, I think you should be worried if you're a Ravens fan giving up leads like this. That's now two, three-score leads they've given up in the last three weeks. Like, that's not a sign of a good team. I'd agree with that. Um, let's move over just to Chiefs and Buccaneers. So Buccaneers have been really beaten up over the last few weeks. The Chiefs wanted to get right game. They probably got the Buccaneers at a good time before, um, you know, Chris Godwin was just coming back. Uh, Mike Evans was back as well, so that's obviously a, a big win. But they're still missing some personnel. Still haven't really, haven't really got it going. You know, they've won games. You know, Jack, you're talking about teams that maybe record is slightly better than the performances. The Buccaneers are 100% one of those teams. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, you don't want to light a fire under him. He's a bit like, I always think he's a bit like Brady in that way. He doesn't lose two games in a row very often, and he was on fire this week. Uh, my favourite touchdown pass being the one to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, where he scrambled, looked like he didn't know where on earth he was going, and then just sort of went, blop, and just sort of somehow found the end zone. Uh, the Chiefs are obviously still up there. Anyone majorly impressed by the Chiefs or worried about the Buccaneers going forward? I mean... I'm I'm now just realizing I'm being really pessimistic about everybody. Um, but I am I am my worry with the with the books is actually really similar to to the Ravens. Um, in that weirdly, considering what they were last year, neither of them can run the ball. I mean, I know the Ravens can run it with yeah. Lamar, but that that's separate. Like in terms of their running game, they just they don't have one. Which last year I think the books were fifth in rushing DVOA last year, and they're now like 29th. And obviously that's just because their offensive line is just well, it's just decimated by anything. They just don't have one, yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, Brady's Brady and he'll keep you in games. But, 
you you need you need both if you're going to be successful. And I think one thing we saw from the Chiefs, which was maybe a nice change, was yes, Mahomes can still do those Mahomes things that just look insane. But when they needed to run the ball, they did. And you know, we're seeing now with Tyreek gone, you know, they go with more like heavy personnel, multiple tight ends. It's just a different kind of Chiefs offense. But the fact that they can attack you in different ways, I thought was really impressive because I think we've maybe got used to seeing one version of the Chiefs. And this one now feels mm-hmm. like maybe the next stage of that evolution, which is, you know, that's what you need to do if you're going to keep ahead of the competition. So, yeah, really, really impressed with the Chiefs. It's pretty scary, isn't yeah. it, really? Um, the thing that this is, you know, the Chiefs mark too. Uh, yeah, I think... Come on, let's, let's move on to... Oh, oh go on, go on, Elvis. I was just going to say, I mean, you know, Mahomes doing Mahomes shit. No one else is going to do that but him. I think, also, Andy Reid is a genius. Like, we got to face facts. I mean, the guy has like a 70% win record with every team he's been with in the NFL, 70% or higher, something crazy like that. Um, in terms of the Bucks, though, I just want to say, like, I think given all their injuries and, you know, a major one that doesn't get spoken about is Jensen. Um, it's amazing to, I think we're really seeing, you know, how much losing your long time all pro veteran center, how much that really hurts you. I don't see the Bucks as a meaningful contender this season, and I don't think they're going to get back to that point. Um, and also they're like, as, as hard as it is to say, and I've never ever felt this way about a Brady team before, they're not fun to watch. This was the first time that they were actually like a fun team to watch. And it was largely because it was fun watching them get torched. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, other than that, I don't know. I, I, I Spoken really, like a true rival. Yeah, I really believe that the Chiefs are the, the greatest offense in the league right now. 100%. They've got to be up there. Um, let's move over to the Eagles and Jags. So... I was pretty high on the Jags going into this week. Uh, Jack was on your site earlier, Jet Sweep, and you've been impressed with Trevor Lawrence so far this season. You've been picking out some plays and seeing, you know, pointing out some of the growth from Trevor and the scheme that he's now in. I thought they were going to do it. I thought they actually were going to march into Philly and get sneak a win. Uh, turns out with five turnovers, that's quite hard to do. Uh, so the, the Eagles managed to claw it back. Uh, are the Eagles a genuine contender? Contender in the NFC? Do you guys think? We're all NFC fans, so we should know. I, I think I they think are so. the only. Con- yeah, they're, they're oh, good, let Jack go first. NFC team right just... now. I mean, yeah, I, I was, I was quite skeptical of Hertz before the season. Um, Same. I think the Bucks game stuck in my mind because it. Yes, he's a good runner. But he was quite a limited passer last year. He was attacking like, like, it was just either run the ball or throw go balls down the sideline. And like, that was it. It was like he was playing, like, that's how I play Madden, was how Hertz was playing. (laughs) But then this year, he really has, I mean, it's a great team around him. And I think the question was, could he take the next step? And if he could, then, then they're real contenders. And I think he's looked a lot better. I think he's actually looked like an NFL quarterback. And I think for the first time, I'm now looking at it and thinking, yeah, he, I could see him being their long-term answer. And that was the only question I had on this roster. Like, So, I mean, where do you, where do you find a flaw on that team? I, I mean, I really struggle to 
maybe running back. I don't know, but but that's maybe it. And if that's your one yeah. hole, that's the one hole you want. So, yeah. Yeah, especially when Jalen Hurts is your quarterback anyway, so tends to kind of open right. up holes and read option and make it a little bit easier for the running backs as, as it is. Um, I mean, the Jags came into this game as, I think, the best rushing defense in the league through three games, so small sample size, all that kind of thing. But stats are stats, right? You know, you come in as, the, if not one of the best, you know, the best rushing defense in the league at few three games. And then Eagles stomp all over them in rainy conditions, you know, after effect of the, the storm that was going up in, up the East Coast, I think. Um, you know they're going to run the ball in that in those conditions, especially after Jalen Hurts threw the pick six on the first drive. Um, and then, you know, Eagles come in, run the ball 50 times, 210 yards, four touchdowns on the ground, like, to kind of come back into the game. They didn't need to throw the ball to come back into the game because um, the defense stepped up and they ran the ball, um, shortened the game, and ended up winning quite comfortably. I think the eight-point win really you know, does the Eagles a disservice as to how much they controlled this game after after going down fourteen points. Um they really they really did look accomplished for the kind of the rest of the game. Jags AFC South favourites? I think they have to be Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, but Titans are starting to look a little bit better. They're starting to figure out who they are, I think. Um you know, having lost some of those injuries to like Harold Landry and stuff, I think they're starting to figure out that they're not who they were last year, and they they've got some good coaches there. I think to kind of um, figure that out. But Jags probably still do look the most um, consistent AFC South team through through four weeks. I, I'm a big believer in Mike Rabel and the Titans coaching staff, but I just I don't think they have the Thanks. pieces there anymore to. I think they will get better, and I don't think that you know they're going to have an awful season or something, but. Um, I, ju- I don't believe that they are going to be a better team than the Jags and that's no offence it's just the way it's gone with injuries and trades and such it's just yeah unless Derrick Henry ends up being an absolute monster he's he's going to have to like drag them to winning that division in my opinion I think it's there's, there's a part of me that wants to kind of still stand the Colts because I was so big on them this offseason and they've like made me look stupid so I'm there's a part of me that's saying no 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 it's just a slow start it's always a slow start they'll come good um but the Jags have just been really good on both sides of the ball like the I love and I I I spoke about this over the summer how much I think the defensive front could be one of the best in the NFL just because of how I think it is I I think it's already up there And, and the thing is it's so young like Josh Allen has been, I think it's only Nick Bosa and Mike Parsons have more pressures than Josh Allen through the first three weeks. The Josh Allen. Yeah. So I think, I mean, it's, again, if you're good on both sides of the ball, I don't see, I know maybe the receivers aren't the big names that, you know, other other teams have and other division winners have. And, you know, that might be questioned if they are to make the playoffs. Do they have the kind of horses to compete with? with the best of the best. But Doug Peterson's a great coach and he's been scheming up a really nice offense that's giving Trevor Lawrence a lot of easy throws. And it's just so nice to see after last year because I thought Urban Meyer was going to ruin Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, yeah, I was getting close. It, 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 got close. it was definitely getting close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> doubting it. I was like, no, 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 this can't, this can't happen. But... Well, th- I was got to say, thank God that Nate's not on the podcast this week. Uh, resident Tough Show uh, member. 
is a massive Colts fan. I was talking to him earlier, and we're having a well. I was having a good laugh. He wasn't having a good laugh. I was I was saying about how I thought the Colts could be AFC number one seeds, considering they're playing the uh, NFC East and they've already got a weak division. They're outside chance of getting number one seed, and actually they're closer to the number one pick than the number one seed, um, which he really enjoyed. The conversation quickly shifted after that. And on on that note, let's shift over to some of the maybe some of the outside contenders or some people that we thought maybe just aren't quite performing how expected. Go on, Elvis, you want to say something? Just we were talking about defenses. I I heard a statistic regarding the Cowboys' defense that like blew my mind. I, I'm going to botch this a little bit, and I tried to find it again before the show so I could quote it correctly, but I couldn't due to you know apathy. Um, but it was something like the Cowboys are really, really up there in terms of quarterback hits. They're top five and they blitz around 30% of the time, which just yeah. stunned me because there are some incredibly blitz happy defenses out there that aren't getting anywhere near those numbers. I think, you know, I, I said earlier that the Eagles are like the only contenders in the, uh, the NFC. I think that the Cowboys defense as a team of their own might be somewhere on that list, but yeah. Two teams in the NFL yet to give up 20 points in a game, the Cowboys and the 49ers. Um, let's talk about 49ers. Good segue again there. Uh, thanks. I wish we didn't even set that up. Uh, Niners beat the Rams. The Rams are not looking that great. The other game I just wanted to quickly touch upon was the Bengals, who look a little bit resurgent in these last couple of weeks. Over Miami, we already talked about the tour situation. They're probably they're going to bumble along probably for a couple of weeks. Bengals trending upwards along with the Niners. Rams really not looking good. They've got the Cowboys next, just to go full circle on that. Elvis, if I'm the Rams, I'd actually start worrying about the Cowboys a little bit. Not necessarily the Cowboys are amazing offensively, but defensively, they're going to make life hard for Matty Stafford going forward. And that's exactly what the Niners did. Is it multiple sacks uh, Bosa got, Ross? You were calling it last week. Two. I've been given the, the two. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I, was, I was in between clicking uh, the unmute button. Um, yeah, he had the two sacks, I think, didn't he? Which, again, is kind of how the, I thought the game might go. It just felt like the this is the game that the 49ers are struggling about one and two, but they're not the kind of team that goes one and three. Like, they're always that team that as soon as they go down um, under 500, they seem to get that win because they're a good, well-coached team um, that know how to come back from a loss, fix their mistakes, uh, and, and play to their strengths in the next game to ensure that win. And more than that, the Rams can't seem to fix their issues at the moment. Um, can't get Allen Robinson involved at all. All that preseason hype. Can't similar to the Bucks. They can't run the ball um, at the moment. I really can't run the ball. Worse than the Bucks, surely. They've got to be uh, the Bucks right about there. This might be quite interesting. I think the bottom four teams in terms of rush yards per game are the Dolphins, the Rams, the Bucks, and the Chargers. Chargers being bottom uh, in terms of rushing yards per game. Those are four teams that I, you know, think we'd all say are pretty good, um, or at least like you'd think are going to be like potential playoff teams. Still, um, there's some potential div- division winners in there, but th- they still can't run the ball. But regardless, with the Rams, they see- they can't seem to fix their issues. The offensive line's a complete mess at the moment. Matty Stafford was sacked seven times again on Monday night, um, same as he was against the Bills in Week One, I think. Um, just a lot of they can't get out of their own way at the moment, and uh, the 49ers took. They're, they're too well coached the team not to take advantage of um, another team's uh, miscues and weaknesses. Yeah, I think I think the thing with the with the Rams is 
the offense is looking predictable, and it's not often you say that with Sean McVay. Um, I know they've they've kind of added a few things since week one. So they obviously got Ben Skoranek now playing like a kind of, I guess like a fullbacky kind of Kyle Juszczyk kind of role in that he's yeah he's doing the lead blocking fullback stuff, but he's also running routes out the backfield. But it's all eleven personnel. It's all the same guys. You know, Cup's on the field every play. Alan Robinson, Tyler Higby. Defenses kind of know what they're going to get. And, like, that's fine when you're good. Like, we saw that with the Bengals last year. Like, you, you, everyone knew what the Bengals were going to do every play, but you just couldn't stop it. And now, now they have. And it's the same with the Rams. Yes, last year, like, you couldn't stop it. But teams have had a summer to, to kind of prepare on this. And I'd be really worried if I was a Rams fan about going against the Cowboys. Because if you watch the Bills film from week one, their big problem was their offensive line, the Rams offensive line couldn't like pass off stunts. They couldn't deal with kind of crazy stuff that the Bills are throwing at them. If there is one defensive coordinator who's going to throw mad stuff at you, it's Dan Quinn. And that Cowboys defense is just going to, yeah, they could, they could feast. It could be, it could be another one of those games where we're just like, all, all we talk about is that Cowboys defense. Well, when the Cowboys players, not a lot to talk about on, on offense, Jack, to be fair, at the moment. So um, it gives us something to talk about, at least. It, you mentioned about the Rams. Um, and, you know, the offense line, offensive line has really struggled with Wentworth retiring. Uh, the Bengals seem to be slowly getting it together on the offensive line. I think people really sort of jumped on, you know, invested loads of money and they're still crap a bit too soon because, you know, they've not played together. There's a little bit of a learning curve. I, they're looking a bit better, not massive better, but a bit better. And I think they'll be they'll be up there challenging for the divisions. They're a playoff team, in my opinion. Um, Miami probably also given the division they're in. Um, let's just move on to some of these last ones. Some questions we talked about these for quite a while. Uh, some close run games. Just talk about at the end. The Raiders uh, winning at the death against the Broncos. Both of a strange team. I'm not really sure where either of them are going. Um, Broncos. Actually, they're probably both underperforming uh, from what I expected going into the season. Uh, the Lions, just so that Ryan, tough regular, gets a shout out. He's currently in Vegas at the moment, so I hope you're having a great time, mate. Uh, he will tell you that the Lions are playing the best offensive football in the league. That may be the case, but they're also playing the worst defense in the entire league. So uh, I, I guess it's give and take on that one. And... The Falcons have surprised me because I thought they were crap going into the season, but they beat the Browns, who were okay. Uh, any of those games which piqued your interest, guys? The the Detroit Seahawks game, firstly, let's all come to grips with the fact that Geno Smith is playing decent football. He really is. He's not bad. He's not. The apocalypse is nice. I know. <laughs> I mean, Geno <laughs> Smith better than Mac Jones, am I right? Um, <laughs> um, no, but it, baby's out. Yeah, basically. I but that game was just you know that was offensive. Let's forget any any sort of insinuation. Let's not even whisper the word defense. That game was complete madness. I don't think uh, you can take anything else away from that game. But it was great fun to watch. It was a little shootout, you know. Uh, Rashad Penny, he looks fantastic. Um, and yeah, you know, everyone for the yeah. first time in his life. Yeah, I, uh, the Lions are kind of the, the sweetheart of the league right now and hopefully they start getting a bit healthy again and picking up some actual wins because 
unfortunately the results haven't been great but they've looked great so yeah I mean I'm I'm convinced the Lions and the Seahawks are kind of the same team in that they both have offenses that, that are like surprisingly good like headlines you never thought you'd read was this morning I was going through the athletic and it was like is Geno Smith an MVP candidate and I'm like I mean if you <laughs> put odds on that being a title of an article in 2022 you'd be like what um define clickbait yeah I know yeah but like you know they're both offenses are great to watch and both defenses are terrible. Um, the yeah. mad stat I saw, which I think is... Yeah, there you go. So if you just look at EPA per play, which is expected points added, um, the quarterbacks that are above Geno Smith at the moment, Patrick Mahomes, okay, Tua, Josh Hello. Allen, Lamar Jackson. That's it. That's the list. Which is just... I think I'm in the matrix because this is weird and I, I'm not sure I like it, but I kind of do. I think Geno Smith is the one in that case. <laughs> there we go. That, that's, what makes the, that's what makes the NFL so special, isn't it? You just Things that you would never expect to happen, happen. Um, like the Broncos are really horrible to watch and I, we'll talk about them in a minute. We'll, just, we'll predict some of next week's games. Uh, but they're just absolutely horrible to watch and Massive loss in to me in Javonte Williams. It's ACL and LCL. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds fucking bad. Um, that is concerns. Actually, I was listening to some podcast earlier that it could be a similar return and rehab to J.K. Dobbins. So J.K. Dobbins was sort of a year and a bit, um, which means that Williams potentially could be out sort of half of next season already. Which um, you know, terrible for him. And, and the Broncos as well. So, obviously, hopefully he gets better soon. I see the Broncos potentially going on a bit of a downward spiral. The I, I think the Raiders are better than they've actually put out. I don't know. I, I kind of I kind of like the Raiders. I don't know why. They're, they're awful on defense as well. Yeah, they're not, the Raiders are a, a weird one, right? I mean, they just... Josh Jacobs actually played really well on Sunday, I think. The, I like Josh. He runs hard, too hard. They seem to still have um, some talent. There's some good players, but I, I think it's come out in the last couple of weeks just how much of a change this new scheme is under Josh McDaniels. I think for Derek Carr, for Devontae Adams, who are um, you know pros that have been in this league nearly ten years, which is quite scary in itself. Um, but I just it, it sounds like they've all had trouble getting to grips with just how complicated McDaniel's scheme has been. And it's like, it sounds like he's been throwing maybe a little bit, or is expected a little bit too much from his guys um, over just one off-season, um, you know, after having the same quarterback for about a decade. And then, you know, uh, there's, there was a kind of an expectation at the Patriots that you just had to follow the Patriots' way and get get to grips with the system. Um, sounds like he's trying to install his, and trying to install his new culture with the Raiders, um, there's been a little bit of, um, not pushback from the players, but a little bit slow to get to grips with um, the, what he's trying to install on the team. I know it's a lot of hate for him as a head coach. There's not, not many people that that rate him. Um, yeah, I can't comment. In fact, it's quite amazing that we've been able to get more than 30 seconds of chat about Josh McDaniels out on the show, but that's what happens when Nate's not here to tell us to shut up about <laughs> it all boils down to like over over his last season at Denver and so far he is now four wins and 12 losses 
you know, I don't know. I think you can kind of expect that sort of a record from the Raiders this season too. And I would point the finger at him. Can we get Versace back? Has he gone? Where is he? Can we find him? Will He's he our special come back? teams coordinator now. That's where he is. I'm if sure we could like let's work out a deal here. I mean, uh, the thing with Josh McDaniels is, and I, it's the same with Matt Patricia in in Detroit. It's that thing of like, if you're Bill Belichick and you're the greatest head coach the game's ever seen, you can get away with being a dick to people because players will buy in and they'll go, okay, yeah, you're not nice to work for, but you you've won like a million Super Bowls, so sure. When you're Matt Patricia, yeah, or now Josh McDaniels. And it's like, okay, you can't act like Belichick. You need to earn that. And I think it's... I, I can't remember which player it was, but I saw a Twitter thread. I don't know if you guys saw it from one of the guys who used to play for him in Denver. And he was um, describing kind of the rituals that McDaniels made him go through of a morning. And it was, you know, just, you know, they'd find all the bad plays from the previous day in practice, sit you down in front of everyone and just berate you, all that kind of stuff. And it's like... You're not going to get far in the modern NFL if that's your way of coaching. I don't think. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Uh, any other games that stuck out for you guys, or should we move it on to week five? Move on to week five. Um, so uh, the games have been announced for in the UK. What games are going to be shown on Sky Sports? I actually managed to guess all these because I think it's quite obvious some of the, the top games of the week. Uh, the start on Thursday night football. It's Colts at Broncos. As I think someone said in our Discord earlier, the fourth lowest scoring team in the season against the worst scoring team on the season. Uh, Jack has <laughs> the uh, debutant tonight. Who do you fancy in this one, Colts or Broncos at mile high? I mean, I I, I feel awful picking either side. Um, <laughs> I mean. Probably Denver. No, no. I'm gonna stick. I said I was in on the Colts. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the last man on this sinking ship. I'm gonna go with the Colts. <laughs> I'm gonna I don't feel good about it. Both defenses are good, both offenses are terrible. There's no Jonathan Taylor, there's no Javante Williams. It's it's gonna be a tough watch. But I'm going Colts. Go on, Elvis. I, it's a, so, I there's just so little I always try to imagine, like, okay, well, how does each team win? What is each team's path to victory? I don't see a path to victory, really, for either team. You know, Javante's gone. John Taylor's gone. Melvin Gordon, you know, he's good up until the red zone. Uh, that's a bit of an advantage, I guess. The only real advantage I can see on either side is that it is at mile high, so I'm going to go with the home team. And for that reason only, I'll pick the Broncos. Um, yeah. I reckon that'll be Ross's theory, um, home team on Thursday night, Ross. Yeah, you know me. I'm far too well. Um, home team, short <laughs> week. And whenever it's a balance, just go home team, short week. I think. Yeah, I'll go Broncos as well, just because I think if Leonard is out for the Colts, that's a massive loss. We saw what they were like the first couple of weeks uh, without him, and they were dreadful. So Sunday morning football, uh, Packers and Giants in London. Uh, let's start off. Jack, are you going to be at this one? No, I'm not. I was one of the however many oh, queued for tickets for seemingly hours on about 12 devices, and then there was none. 
Uh, so no, I'll be watching. From home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring up the trauma. Honestly, it was just like, oh, I've been to the London Games before, so I thought, how hard can it be to get tickets? The answer when it's the Packers yeah. is very. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is. I see. I I want to say the Packers because it should be, and it's the Giants, and the Giants. Yes, they're three and one, but they're not good. And mm-hmm. you know, Daniel Jones did injure his ankle last week. Um, uh, yeah, I'm leaning. It's got to be Packers. It's going to be a. It's going to be a home crowd. You know, it's got to be. Got to be the Packers. I, I can't pick anything other than that. We can't lose to the Giants, can we? That's what they all say, Elvis. Uh, I do. I do feel like the Packers are in for a loss soon, but it, I don't see it being to the Giants either. Um, especially a Daniel Jones-less Giants or a hurt Daniel Jones version of the Giants. Yeah, it's just, it's Aaron Rodgers. Let's, you know, he'll he'll carry him. I think it could be fun, um, potentially. I think it might be a little bit closer than uh, some people think. The Giants' defense has played really well. The Packers haven't been their smooth selves, uh, at least the last couple of weeks as we saw on Sunday. Um, but yeah, you can't not pick them, I think, um, at this point. The Giants have to prove themselves against um, an actually decent team, which none of their three wins, I would venture uh, to say, have been against particularly good teams. So it's the the Packers until the Giants shock the world. Yeah, very boring for me, I agree. Um, one of the strengths that this Packers team's got is the running backs. Aaron Jones has been running super hard, big fan of AJ Dillon. And I watched just two weeks ago the Cowboys run all over the Giants with Zeke and Tony Pollard, and both of those guys are probably better than both of those guys. So, uh, yeah, it's got to be the Packers. Uh, Sunday, 6 p.m., so regular slate of games, it's the Dolphins at the Jets. Who would have thought that that would be the marquee game of a weekend? Christ, 2022, eh? Uh, Jack, who do you fancy? This is a tough one. It is. Um, I think... No to it. It's, it's, it's Dolphins still for me. I mean, I I want Zach Wilson to be good. I do want him to be good. but And I know they got the win last week over the Steelers, but there are still too many things that he's doing that I kind of watch, and it's like the kind of football you watch and you're going, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> he is terrible against the Blitz, and if there's one thing this Miami defense does very well, it's just sending the house um, at the opposing quarterback. And I know that's a very reductive way of looking at it, but I just think that's going to be too much for him. And that will give him the edge. And Tua, and, uh, not Tua, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are just going to be brilliant, whoever's at quarterback. So, you know, yeah, Dolphins. I was. I'd like to add a little to the Zach Wilson discussion because anyone in the Discord knows that I'm, a, I'm an advocate for Mr. Pumpkin Spice. Um, <laughs> the greatest gritty in the NFL. Thank you very much. But no, I think uh, you know, like you, like you brought up, and it's it's extremely accurate. I think the biggest and most glaring issue with him is his ability to navigate the pocket is appalling. I mean, there was one thing, there was one play where he basically did a pirouette out of a sack and then threw the ball out, and it turned out fine. Like you, like you put it really well when you said, "No, no, 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 no." Okay. It's just it's dicey watching him. Um, but at the same time, I feel like if you really looked hard, you are beginning to see 
a potentially very good quarterback, in my opinion. You are beginning to see, you know, what the Jets are trying to sell us on with him. It's not there yet, but you're seeing the beginnings of it. Um, I don't see them beating the Dolphins, though. I think just because of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, I want them to. I really, really do, because I want money from Dan. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I tried to think of, you know, the path to victory. I don't see the Jets' path to victory here other than Bridgewater just has an abysmal game and can't connect with Tyreek Hill and Waddle. And I don't see why that happens because we already kind of saw in the latter half of that Bengals game that, you know, he could put points on the board with them. So, yeah. Yep, give me the fins. Um, yeah, simple as that. I think give me give me the fins in this one. Um, similarly to my TNF, uh, reasoning usually now the Dolphins have had ten days to to put an offense around Teddy B and get get him comfortable in the offense, give him first team reps. Whereas the Jets are coming off um, pretty tough game against and a tough win against the Steelers. So um, yeah, give, give me the Finns um, high powered offense even with Teddy B in there. Cool. Let's move on to Sunday nine twenty five. It's Cowboys at Rams. We sort of touched on this one a little bit earlier. Uh, Elvis, come to you first. Who do you fancy in this one? I don't. Oh, I didn't give my prediction for the last one. Okay. I'll take the Jets just to try and <laughs> make it a little bit interesting. Uh, Cowboys Rams. Yeah. So I will. I honestly, I really, I don't see a way for the Rams to win it. Like we've brought up, you know, Matthew Stafford has thrown more to Cooper than the rest of the team combined so far, and the Cowboys good defense stat. is just too good. He, you know, they'll put digs on him. And they generally give quarterbacks like a few seconds to react. We've seen Stafford doesn't do well with pressure. I, I, I don't see a way for the Rams to win. And I don't want them to either. But yeah, I'll take the Cowboys. My man. Uh, Jack, who do you fancy, Rams or Cowboys? Probably, probably Cowboys. I think I said earlier, I think it's going to be a trench game. Um, I, 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 I'm worried about how that line will play for the Rams. They're great um, offensively in the first quarter. If you look at DVOA, I think they're like sixth in the first quarter, and then they drop down to 27th in the second half. And uh, there was a stat on in the game against 49ers where I think they've been outscored in the fourth quarter, like 44 to three or something mad. Um, And I just, I can't, I can't trust that at the moment. It's just too, too inconsistent. So it's Cowboys for me. Russ? Yeah, this might be Dallas's coming out party. Like they're Oh man, you guys. Like they're proper you know, they've been hanging on in there with Cooper Rush, I think, has been the storyline. Like just been hanging on in there, barely surviving, getting through um more of the backs of their defense than, than anything else. But yeah, I don't this might be their coming out party, but I and I fear that uh, in, in making this pick because I am actually still gonna take the Rams because they are I just still think they've got enough in them to to put it together against the Cowboys. Um, I think they they feast on defense. I think Aaron Donald kind of um, gets to Cooper Rush a couple times potentially, um, and this might be where Cooper Rush kind of falls flat for the first time this season because he's he's looked fine, he's looked good, but that's kind of it. He looked fine, looked good, executed well. I think this Rams defense is a step up, um, but it's going to be close. I think, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be super close. Be interested to know what the spread is on this. I'll take the Cowboys just because of massive homer. Um, and I'll put faith in the front seven of, of the Cowboys to get the Stafford and um, Callum Moore to continue just to scheme wisely with Cooper Rush. Don't try and push him too hard. Just need to try and stop running on first down every single play because that was really obvious last week. Is this game in Jerry World too? No, no, well, it's in Jerry World. It's in Jerry World too, actually, technically, because it's in LA. Um, Cowboys train in LA in the off season. It will be a Cowboys uh, crowd most likely. Uh, Sunday night football. I don't know why I said it like that, but Sunday night football is Bengals at Ravens. This is looking like a tasty one as well, Jack. Who do you fancy? Ravens for me. Um, I think with with the Bengals. We've seen them improve over the last two weeks, but if you look at the reasons that uh, Burrow was struggling, was because defenses were playing loads of too high and cover two. The last two games he's had against the Jets and Dolphins, they're both loads of single high coverage. So Ravens tend to mix it up a bit more. They're not kind of as uniform as Miami or the Jets. I think they're creative enough on defense to to slow him down and. I mean, Lamar is just brilliant at the moment. And I, I, I trust him, even though I know I've already said they can't run the ball except with Lamar. But that pass game, I think they are number one in DVOA, through, in, in passing anyway, um, which is kind of surprising for everyone who says Lamar's just a running back. Um, so, yeah, Ravens for me. Elvis? There's very few games where I won't fade the Bengals. I have no faith in the Bengals whatsoever, especially in Maryland. Yeah, give me, give me the Ravens. Um, no reasoning because those guys had sound reasons, uh, but I actually just have a feeling about the Bengals this week. Um, I think it's going to be really low scoring, personally. Um, it like, feels like one of those AFC North like tight, classic defensive slugfests. Kinda, whoever has the ball last has the opportunity to win the game. Um Jackson's failed at doing that a couple of times in the last couple few weeks. Um, so I, I, I think Burrow could, uh, with his connection with Higgins and Chase, just continuing to um, progress even more this season, I think they, they get the job done on the road and it's a bit of a statement when the, the Bengals are back. Yeah, I'll take the Bengals as well, just because I had something pop up just as we started there saying that Sean Bateman's a bit banged up. And I think uh, Mark Andrews had a rough game this past weekend. Yeah, I think the Bengals are on an upward trend. Uh, I'll give them a shot. Definitely give them a shot. It's going to be tight. Super tight. Um, and it all rounds up on Monday night with the Raiders at the Chiefs. This seems a little bit obvious. Too obvious, Jack? No. it's gonna. I mean, this is famous last word, isn't it? <laughs> but it's going to be the Chiefs. Yeah, give me the Chiefs every, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yeah, I think I think the Chiefs have already had their trap game. If it wasn't if it wasn't for the the Colts experience, I might be leaning towards the Raiders. It's like, a, oh, this is a trap game, but yeah, no. Nah. So, Chiefs, uh, yeah, yeah, Chiefs keep it moving. Uh, Raiders didn't they beat the Chiefs twice last yeah, season? Different staff, different system. Yeah, yeah I agree. McDaniel's wasn't there. <laughs> McDaniel's is the reason they lose. Quite possibly, quite possibly. Right, so week five, another tasty week coming up. Uh, Ross, 
Are you got a quick quiz for us? This is a bit of an unusual one. I do. I thought this would lead into um, a little bit of a pretenders uh, versus contenders uh, open discussion. Um, so we think about contenders and we look at who's atop the, the standings in both the conferences. And it turns out there's only one undefeated team so far in, uh, in the world through week four of the 2022 NFL season. That is, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 4-0 at the moment. Um, could they, are they good enough to get to 10-0? Is kind of my question. And that yes. is the quiz question as well. Can we name, through the hands, through the power of Oracle, all of the NFL teams in history to go get to the 10-0 mark um, uh, uh, undefeated at that point? Um, so I have the, the Sporkle completed quiz in front of me because I crushed it, obviously, earlier on in the day. Um, but this will be handed over to you guys to try and complete. So I've got your names all uh, written down on my little notepad. Very high tech here on the Tough Show. Um, and I've got all the answers in front of me. You just have to name um, any of the teams that have gone 10-0 in the past. I think it's... I'll even give you the year in the since the 70s, basically, in the last couple. Okay. I was going to say, we don't have to name the year as well because that literally... Kill no, me. no, for any of you that's interested, I will give them that information because um, I'm a nerd for that kind of thing. Um, so guests first, and we'll go with Definitely. Uh, a debutant on the show, I think makes uh, only right, just so that he'll come back potentially. Um, we'll have Jack go first. Can you name uh, one of the 10-0 and 0, uh, or 10-0 teams in the past kind of 50 years in the NFL? Oh, I'll definitely come back now that you've allowed me to go first on this. Um, Dolphins, because they went unbeaten in 72, I think it was. Perfect. 50 years to the season uh, in 72. They also went 10-0 uh, in 1984. They're one of the uh, three teams to uh, go 10-0 uh, twice in the past 50 years. So that's one point to Jack. And we'll go to Elvis, who's also the other guest. So sorry, Alan. Patriots. Yes, I have only got one. Yeah, Patriots. Not, not too long ago, <laughs> Patriots uh, had an undefeated season, so... Pats are one of the other teams to have done it twice in the last 50 years. They did it in 2015, where they ended up finishing 12-4, and four, and I can't find another one. 2007, obviously, when they went 16-0. Uh, Alan, we'll let you snake draft, I think, as well. That might that make no more. Gosh. I can't even come up with one. Um, the Bears. The Bears did go undefeated. Uh, went 10-0 uh, the year they won the Super Bowl in 1985. Um, do you want okay, defense was championship as you were the, as you were the third um, pick here would you rather go next as a snake or do you want to kick it back over to Jack I think that's probably fair I'll kick it back because um, when I get it wrong I'll feel less guilty and less ashamed of myself Jack over to you there's a couple of teams rattling around my head but I feel like the Bill Walsh 49ers must have done it at some point. Yep, the 1990 San Francisco 49ers were 10-0 and before going on to be 14-2 that year. Um, Jack, you have two points. No incorrect answers so far. Uh, how many of these? Are, how many are there, sorry? Uh, I think that might give the game away a little bit if I give how, okay. how many All teams right. are. When we get a little bit further okay. along, because I have faith in you guys, keep going a little bit here. Um, I'll let you know how many's left. I think um, Elvis. Uh, my uh, my my NFL history is absolutely awful. This is a complete guess. Same. Uh, Steelers. 
Steelers is a correct answer. They did that not that long ago, I think, actually. Yeah, it was 2020. The really weird year where they then fell apart towards oh. the end. Um, under uh, with Big Ben and some of those kind of offensive players. One of Mike Tomlin's best coaching efforts, I think. But they really fell apart towards the end, didn't they? Um, Alan, over to you. Uh, let's go Packers. Green Bay Packers in 2011 went 15-1 and and they started that season 10-0. and Picking it back over to Jack. You guys have both stolen the next two I had. Um, I'm going to... I'm just basing this off teams that were good once. I feel like the, just the Giants, they were good in the 80s, maybe? I don't know. The new, I thought they were good twice. The no, uh, no. New York Giants, uh, the same year as the 1990 San Francisco 49ers went 10-0. The New York Giants also went uh, 10-0 to start the 1990 season okay. as well. So taking them off my very high-tech notepad. Um, Elvis, on to you. Uh, I'll let you guys know now. There's still quite a few teams left. There's one, two, three... Four, five, six teams left. If you guys go undefeated yourselves, that would be pretty impressive. I, I, no, no, okay, now you put too much pressure on me. Um, oh, Broncos. That's a bad Denver, guess, isn't it? That was that was the answer on my list. The I imagine this was the John Elway final year Denver Broncos in nineteen ninety eight. Um, started that year ten and zero, and then went on to be fourteen and two. I can't confirm if that was John Elway's last year in the league or not, because um, I'm not that good. Um, but yeah, still going, still undefeated, guys. I'm just naming other people's teams that are right in front of me. Let's go for the Saints. Saints in 2009 uh, went 13-3 and started that year 10-0. Very good year for Saints fans. Um, back over to Jack to get uh, make the tough show guests and uh, host 10-0 on this quiz. So this is one of those ones that might sound really stupid, but I'm pretty sure when the Panthers got to the Super Bowl, they were like fourteen and two or fifteen and one or something. That was Cam's MVP year, wasn't it? So I'm gonna go the Panthers. It's bold. I love it. Quite correct. They started that year ten and zero. Um, I think they went. 14-0 before the Falcons beat them in week 16 and it really really annoyed everyone because it would have been so much more fun if they were playing for a completely undefeated season in that Super Bowl But because it would have been even more funny um, having then eventually lost that so Carolina Panthers is quite correct uh, Elvis on to you there's three teams left you guys are crushing it so far so three teams left uh, sorry four teams to... left. okay four teams Good teams. Who are good teams? I don't know. I feel like I'm just surrounded by bad teams these days. Um, oi. The same season's really hitting you hard already. Okay, I know. Yeah. I was going to say... I, you were where I was after week yeah. one. <laughs> um, gosh. I've got a really like, bad guess in my mind. And I can't... like. I know it's terrible and I don't want to say it, but I can't get it to go away. Um, I hate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, good teams. What about... 
Hmm. Colts, they were good once upon a time. The Indianapolis Colts are the last team to have uh, done this twice. Um, what years did they do it? In 2005, a good Peyton Manning year, I imagine, and 2009, another good Peyton Manning year, where they started 10-0. and 0. Um, I just wanted to say that, that was John Elway's last year as well, 1998. Just... Guys, I'm too good. Yeah. Um, Alan, uh, on to yourself. How many have we got right in a row? 12? We've got tw- uh, 11 right in a row. You will be the 12th. Okay. Decent. I will. Um, well, it's worked every other time, hasn't it? It's, I've got to stick with my theory. I have to go for the Cowboys. So I'm the last team that's not been mentioned on this podcast. The Dallas Cowboys have never started their season. Uh, I didn't think we had, but I, I just didn't know where to go. Um, so that leaves the final two of Elvis and Jack. Alan, you've been kicked out. You've disappointed us all. Um that's okay. Um, Jack, we'll kick it to you. There's three teams remaining. Um, not got a tiebreaker, so you guys will just kind of, kind of share. It, I think if you both go undefeated, this this is getting to the point where it's a complete guess. And I think, like Alan, it's just trying to think of a team that's been good. Um, I know they've not been around that long, but if there's one team that has been consistently good, it's the Ravens. So. I feel maybe. God, I thought you were going to say the Texans then for a second, Jack. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens have never been ten and zero to start their season. Oh, um, surprising. Yeah, so they they have never been ten and zero to start their season. Um, Elvis for the win, I think here. If you can name one more team of the three remaining. Jeez, I did. I did not prepare for this. I just, do I get a lifeline from a friend? Oh, the point. Or something? That was the, <laughs> that was um, the idea. Yeah, all right. Um, okay, good teams. Hmm. While you're thinking, yeah. Jack, I know you went Ravens about three yeses ago. So I said defences win championships, and I thought, oh, Ravens, they've got to have done that. It just felt too, like, I don't know. I can't think of any other consistently good teams, so I'm interested to see who's on this list and who else it goes for. When Elvis gets this wrong, Ross, do I get a go again? Because I've got a name lined up. Uh, yeah, I think that... You know what, this, this was the bad idea I had earlier, but I'm going to go with it. Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons have never been 10-0 yeah. to start their season. Uh, Alan, you could, uh, I would say you could steal a win here. I think. Well, no, oh, technically... I don't mean Okay, this, I'm making this up as, you go, as I go along, as, if you can't tell. Um, you would actually only draw... Uh, back level on four points with uh, with Jack, so we would probably keep it going at that point, I think. Yeah. Um, They weren't necessarily good for a very long time, but then they did have a real purple patch, and they go with the Seattle Seahawks. No, the Seahawks are not a correct answer. Jack, that kicks it back over to you. It's almost harder to think of teams we've not mentioned than think of ones that have been good. (laughs) Um, Again, only because they've been pretty decent Rams Rams are not one of those teams that have been uh, 10-0 to start their season um, I don't want to give any clues away because that's a bit unfair to the person who's going to be guessing next which is Elvis uh, so just name a football team mate. Vikings the Minnesota Vikings in 1975 uh, started their season 10-0 and uh, before finishing 12-2 and that year and champion mate, champion 
because they've never won a Super Bowl, as I like to remind my flatmate every um, well, daily basis, basically. Uh, Elvis is the first of five points, which I've now decided is the winning mark. Uh, the remaining two teams were the Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington Redskins in 1991, started the year 10-0 before finishing 14-2. Did they win the Super Bowl that year? Now, Commanders. Did they win the Super Bowl that year? Did they beat the Bills? Everyone seemed to beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. Everyone beats the Bills in the Super Bowl. Um, it's easy. If you get if you get them against uh, the NFC, it's absolutely laughable. The Tennessee Titan, the Titans the Titans in 2008 had a storming start to their season, um, going 10-0 before finishing 13-3. Um, no idea what they did that year, so... I'm not going to tell you guys. Uh, not a bad effort, though, guys. You, you guys started uh, 11 and 0 before Alan derailed the entire segment. <laughs> we would have been here Dragged all night. you all down to my level. We would have been here all night before anyone guessed Washington. Like we would have like guessed the same team four or five times before somebody said Washington. Yeah, where you, where you guys went wrong, I think, when you started thinking of like trying to think of good teams. And it's like, well, mm. kind of Vikings are mad, Washington are mad, Titans are kind of mad at the moment. Like, um, probably have to go a little bit more his- historically. Um, to get those yeah i mean I, I even had the thought for a millisecond the jets aren't going to surprise me here are they but of course they didn't the jets never surprise anyone um except for by losing more games than you'd ever expect year on year uh cheers ross that was good fun and uh that brings us to the end uh elvis jack thanks so much for coming on the show again Oh, and for the first time. That's champion, right. yeah. I'm DFS champion. I'm quiz champion. I'm everything champion. I don't know. Give me a trophy. Do something. <laughs> uh, wait, I've got me. Don't worry. Don't, uh, don't worry. I've got you, actually. Um, okay. Give me two seconds. Yay! Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Good. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. Definitely an undies soundbite. And thanks for coming on as well, Jack. Yeah, it's been good fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Turn around a bit. And thank Thanks, everyone, for listening today. Um, if you want to catch up with what we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter, at Tough Show Official. If you want to listen to our other podcasts, check out some of our previous episodes, then you can do that wherever you get your podcasts from, Spotify, Amazon, Apple. We should be there. And if you want to come and talk some good football with some good people, previously um, described as a sad dad's NFL fan, pop punk fan, haven uh you can join our discord as well all the links are available on our twitter account so thank you everyone for listening and speak to you again ross say goodbye to the nice people Bye, everyone no oh no i was just saying we need to stay oh because i said goodbye and i started waving this is ruined the end but no. You can play the outro. Can I play the outro? Cheers, mate. Okay, no worries.